Anna Aiken is the creator of Daring to Believe, a platform for women to share their stories with an emphasis on embracing authenticity and avoiding perfection. The goal is to give women permission to be themselves, raw and true to life while reflecting the redemption that is in every story and celebrating how God makes us whole. This includes women of all ethnicities, shapes, and histories. Thank you for joining Daring to Believe. I'm your host, Anna Aiken, and I am ecstatic to have Gia on the mic. Hey, Gia, how are you? Wonderful, Anna. How are you doing today? Girl, you know I'm doing good because we've been chatting before this uh, episode. So tell us about yourself because there's not a lot of daring to believe families that might not know Gia and if they don't know you they're gonna know you now so tell well, us I know they want to know me <laughs> <laughs> my name is Gianni Brafard I am known by that famous three-letter word Gia you better remember it is gonna be very known one day huh Anyways, let me tell you about me. I was, you're hearing an accent. I can roll my R because I was born and raised in the Dutch Caribbean island of Curaçao. Curaçao is, um, like I said, in the Caribbean near the coast of South America, right next to Aruba and Bonaire. Very, very Mm. small island. Um, Being in the United States, uh, primarily came for education purposes after studying in what they consider a third world country, uh, country of Costa Rica, beautifully finished uh, a bachelor's degree in communication. I came to what they call a developed country, United States, to do a master's degree. And uh, within a year, completed what normally would take two years, just so I can find a way to get into all the ins and outs of the reasons why God sent us to the places he sent us. I am currently serving as the youth director um, at the Northside campus of Allison Park Church. I am golden honey brown. I think that's very (laughs) important for you to note. And hey, I'm just happy to be here. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Did y'all catch that? She is golden honey brown there we go and she I think rolled her eyes Anna do you know your color uh yes I am like mocha color I I love I love that golden honey brown that's, that's good that's good so you have your bachelor's your master's you're here um you're rolling your r's you're living the life you're living the dream you're, <laughs> you're the youth side pastor at north side what what uh so excited for you um you know this is going to be a fun time just you and i just chatting and our our daring to believe family is probably going to be like what is going on in this episode <laughs> but <laughs> why'd you share with us uh gia you know, give us a, a glimpse of what you feel God wants you to share today. So first and foremost, I was just telling you the finding out why you're here, because you're like, you're here living the dream. But to have a dream, you need to purposefully try to figure out what you want to accomplish. There is a difference, I would say, between having a dream and having a vision. So I had a vision a while ago that I would be in the United States. The difference is when you have a dream, most of the time, you try to accomplish your dream. When you have a vision, it's for God to accomplish. There's many things you can try to do to make it happen. But at the end of the day, am I not? So let me give you an example. Um, 
I had a vision that I was going to be in the United States. So I knew to pursue my education in the islands, there's only one university. So for you to pursue education, you need to leave the country to any other country, um, starting with either Holland, which is um, motherland, let's call it that way, and our region. Region will be any country in uh Puerto Rico, Venezuela, Costa Rica, and so on, or you can come to United States. And since I had a vision, I couldn't wait to go to United States. So for my bachelor's degree, I tried hard to come here. That year, the country decided they weren't sending nobody to US. And so I was sent to Costa Rica. Needless to say, that was very important because the moral living and the system set up, the ability to to just perfect my languages. Um, I'm saying that because I know five languages. In my country, we speak the language of Papiamento. It's a dialect only spoken on those three islands, Aruba, Bonaire, and Curaçao. And then uh, our official language is considered Dutch because the islands are a colony to Holland. Then we're obligated to know English and Spanish, um, which is my third and fourth language. And so you get to refine these languages. And because I wanted to major in communication, I get to choose a fifth language, which is between German and French. I took French because German sounded so much like Dutch, which is like, you know, you're gonna tell someone you love them. Here you go, ich liebe dich. I didn't think that sounded very romantic, but if I say it in French, je t'aime, you know, you, you feel the warmth, you know, you start getting all happy about it. So I went with the French right away. And so with all this put in front of me, I was like, wait a minute, God, I knew I needed to go to the United States. Why are they sending me to Costa Rica? But then I had to understand that I wasn't ready for where he was trying to take me. So I had to take time, study. I did my four-year study in, in two years and a couple of months because I wanted to finish early and kids are missing out. Went back to my country and um, got a job before I finished as a reporter and was the youngest reporter um, at the biggest radio station in my country when that urge started coming back in my heart that I was to be in the United States. Needless to say, my boss calls me in and she says... Um, uh, we need to talk to you because you are very educated and most people in these offices here in the island um, work as uh, out of experience. They have built experience in what they do, but uh, you have the ability being the youngest to go and pursue education. Um, can we encourage you to do so since we need to make some changes in, in our team? I was like, this is it. Let's do it. So I started sending everything to Georgia. I made my um, research and I found out that Georgia had a five-star communication university. So I was ready for this, right? I sent all my papers there, check with them. They didn't receive it. Send it again, check again. They didn't receive it. Send it the third time. And they still didn't receive it. And this didn't make sense by now because I'm about to be out of a job and I still don't have a school to go to. So okay. I would send all my papers overnight, pay all this money and wait for me to get it signed, get my signature within 24 hours. I would get my signature from the university. I would call early in the morning and say to them, I got a signature. Tell me, please, you have a copy of everything I said. They said, we do not know who signed those papers. So I am so sorry, but we do not have any of your papers. 
So now devastated, I'm like, God, what is this? I was supposed to be going to the United States and now I'm running out of being a reporter and I don't know what to do. And in those two weeks, as I went to him, and I, he, he, he got me an invitation for Point Park University recruiter was visiting on her vacation time, the islands and wanted to meet some people. Wow. So I go to her hotel, I meet her, and she met everybody, talked to everybody. At the end, she said to me, why are you here? And I said, well, you invited me. <laughs> and she said, okay, tell me about you. I tell her everything that happened. She said, my plane leaves tomorrow at noon. Can you please just bring me a copy of everything? But needless to, to say, know that we already close our registration. I cannot promise you anything. I'm just taking the copies of what you give me to the director of our graduate program. Thanked her within a week. I received a letter from the director of the graduate program saying on the 90th birthday of my mom, we made an exception <laughs> in accepting you and to Point Park University, then called Point Park College. But there's a problem. You have three weeks to get here. Here's all your paperwork that you need to do because this is completely out of the way we do things. Mm -hmm. Oh, Anna, it takes three months for you to get a visa in my country. Visas mm -hmm. need to go to Venezuela, to other places for them to come back. And, you know, so it didn't make sense for any of it. Needless to say, again, nevertheless, a day before the day they wanted me in the United States, my visa arrived. My aunt, so within three weeks, a visa that normally takes three months. My aunt who worked for the uh, airlines would find one place on the plane. Hmm. And nine hours later, I was from a very 90 degrees year round country into a very cold with a lot of snow. United States and it was horrible for a moment but exciting at the same time because you don't know what is God trying to do while I thought that was the miracle that God just brought me here then the the lady the advisor that recruited me because that was her vacation time called me to her office within two weeks and she says to me um did you study here before and I said no ma'am she said are you an alumni I said no did she she said okay okay maybe did you apply to come to this school and I said, no. She said, that I don't understand. And I said, I'm, I'm, you're making me nervous. Please tell me what's going on. She said, I only invited alumni and people that applied to the school to come and meet me on my vacation time there. What was your name doing in my invitation list mm. if you didn't apply for the school and not have study here before? And I stood there and I said, Maybe I'm supposed to be here. <laughs> but her response was priceless. She said, this Sunday, me and my husband are going to come to the campus. We're going to pick you up and you're going to go to church with us. And you're going to keep going to church with us every Sunday until you find a church of your own. And the only thing I want you to do during this time is ask God why he brought you to this country. Wow. And hopefully he will show you why specifically this city. So that was the start of whatever you call it. It, it wasn't a dream, it wasn't a vision of things and the ways God do things might not make sense to us. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. he is sovereign and what he says, he will do it only in his perfect timing. And sometimes we can 
force and twist and try to make things happen the way we believe they are supposed to happen. And then you just need to show us that, hey, uh, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. <laughs> and many times he had to do that with me. He had to say, I'm like, God, I got a network. And he would say, how about you use my network? Yeah. Okay. Uh-oh. I don't know your network, God. I know. So that means you need to trust me. And I'm like, well, that doesn't give me much reference to go by. You know, I'm back to waiting. And waiting doesn't always feel good, you know, unless you know exactly what you're waiting for. So being here has been an exciting time. It's been a growth of faith from what they say, from glory to glory, one thing to another, finishing school, him telling me to go to a specific church. And I'm like, why you want to send me to that church? I came here to be famous. Wasn't that part of your plan? I mean, I'm waiting for my opportunity to go to an Oprah Winfrey show and say, when are you going to die so I can take over? So, and everybody's like, no, you don't want to do that because if someone really kills her, they're going to blame you. And I'm like, oh, maybe, maybe I should be quiet about that. Okay, let's find another way that I'm going to be famous then. So when he tells you go and volunteer and help at this church, like, no, God, churches are not famous. They don't, they don't do much, you know? And I know already how to talk to you so I can meet with them only on Sunday. But it was the place that he used to completely strip me from everything my culture my beliefs, my tradition told me I was. And to completely, like I say, unless a seed die, you know, it goes in the ground, become unseen, nothing can grow out of it. And surely you cannot have fruit. And Anna dying is painful. Dying is just painful. I don't know, have you died before? Girl, I feel like I'm dying every day. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I love all this. I'm just, I'm just listening and just <laughs> taking it all in from the definitions between dream and vision from you trying to plan everything on your own of Georgia to God, just putting your name on that list uh, to coming here to Pittsburgh, which I'm grateful for that God had directed that plane Me too. Right? not to go to Georgia. I mean, we would be missing out on Gia. I mean, come on now. And unless, of course, we saw you on Oprah, then hey. Uh, but it is. This is so good. What you're just saying, Gia. Um, what I love, Gia, is you are not. Um, you were unpretentious, right? I mean, you're you're telling us, wow, five languages. I love how you said I needed to learn French because German sounded like I was sounded like you're saying hawking a loogie, like Yes, girl, you need to be romantic at some point in life, so you better plan for it. <laughs> exactly. And then to having your masters, I mean, uh, an accomplished woman, but so willing um to say, Hey, I'm dying to myself so God can work in me and through me. Do you know how, and I'm sure you do, obviously, that that is such a big step for any of us just to admit, you know, to let go of our pride, to say, yes. I'm nothing without him. I, I have to be buried. And then I love the analogy that you just said, like a seed being buried, you can't see it, but it's, you know, you can't see its fruit. And now, uh, so many years later, we see this fruit of you just saying, yes, God, I will be available. Um, 
But saying yes, yes is not always easy, Anna. It's not always oh, I easy. I remember the days when I used to say to God, oh, God, people are saying they're ordinary people doing extraordinary thing. I don't think like that about me. I think I'm extraordinary. There you go. Like, so what do you think about that? And he said to me, then do miraculous things. Boom. Mm. He knew I couldn't do that out of my strength. I had to meet him. Because I can't remember the last time anybody, including Jesus, this miracles apart from the Holy Spirit. You know, he had to wait until he came for him to do things hand in hand with him. So dying is not easy. I was starting to tell you that when I finished right away, he didn't provide me with a place directly to work and told me to go work for this church. It was a job behind the camera. That morning, he just woke me up and said to me, go to the church. And it was a Wednesday, Anna. And I'm like, it's Wednesday. Why would I want to go to church on Wednesday, God? I mean, nobody goes to church on Wednesday morning. And he said to me, go to the church. And I said, God, there's no church. Do I need to go to show you? I mean, this is how I talk to him, Anna. <laughs> Having yeah, yeah. the ability to hear him, I found that it is easy if I can just be me. But what I didn't understand, that me was completely misaligned with everything he purposed me to be. And with that, he needed to completely redirecting me to me. You see, I didn't have problem with addictions. Like, you know, uh, most people would tell you their story was either drugs, alcohol, or everything like that. I grew up very confident that there is nothing that I can't do. At five years old, the first female prime minister in my country came all the way to my neighborhood to crown, crown me as neighborhood queen. I mean, who does that? <laughs> I mean, Anna, I, I thought that day, oh my God, I'm five years old, going to six, and the first female president or prime minister is coming to crown me. That means there's nothing I can accomplish. So growing up very confident and very self-assured and being educated make you someone that believes that there's nothing you can do yourself. Mm -hmm. And so God had to deliver me from myself. And I found it even harder because if it is a substance or anything like that, you need to let go of. At some point you let go of it, but I couldn't understand how do you let go of yourself if that's, mm -hmm. if that's all you have. How do you let go of everything that you know to be you? How do you die to that? And that was something that I, I couldn't understand. How, would he, how wouldn't he want me to be me? Mm -hmm. He said to me one time, um, have a quiet and gentle spirit. I said, well, you, you skip a generation. Uh, if you zip me open right now, you might get hit by a fireworks. Do you remember how you <laughs> created me? But then again, he had to bring me back to understand that having a quiet and gentle spirit had nothing to do with how you talk and how you are in your character and your way of being, but everything to do with who you are established in. Who is your God? Is it you or is it God? So that means then every time you purpose to think there's something you can do yourself, what then? He placed me before, before, no, after all this, this piece that I'm going back to, to show you how we started my dying process. He placed me in front of a group of people that dealt with many addiction and said to me, speak to them. 
it was a very quiet and a very um, private environment. And I remember the people laughing at me when I walked into the room because they knew me as the jolly, funny person. And they knew I didn't have any addiction the way um, they see them and things like that. And they asked me, what? What can you share with us here? There's nothing you got to give. What are you going to tell us? You shoot up hot dogs? So pretty much I do like food. So <laughs> so a minute later, I asked God, yes, true. What can I share? I have not gone through the pains and the things they've dealt with. And so God asked me, have you been in pain? I said, yes. He said, they just medicated it differently. Mm. Find the source of their pain and you can always relate with everybody. Maybe you went and slept for a week and thought maybe whenever you wake up, it's going to be over. Other people went and they worked very hard and got all these awards to fill in that very void others went to drink or use drugs for. Mm -hmm. Others went to get attention, wear smaller clothes or extra makeup so you can just notice them. Mm -hmm. And he said, but all of it is just the source of a void and a pain that needs me to fill. And if you can relate, you can always talk about how I did it for you. Now I'm gonna roll back, Anna. Remember he told me to go to that church to volunteer. I didn't know this was the beginning of the ending of me. (laughs) So I get to the church that morning to show God there's nothing going on and people were coming out of the church. I mean, a lot of people. So now I'm quiet because God was right again. And I said, what do you want me to do? He said, go inside. I walk inside and a lady in the foyer said, welcome welcome uh, and she said to me how can I help you and knowing that I just finished school and job will be good in place I said do you are you looking for someone are you hiring she said mm-hmm. oh just yesterday they said they needed someone to run the camera I said how odd that's what I study that's what I just got a master's degree in she said okay let me take your information and as she's writing the information here comes walking in the person that oversee that apartment the department She said to the person, look, we found the person you needed. The person said, follow me. I'm like, what? I walk in the office and I said, let me try to just show him that church is not the right place to learn anything. So I said to him, sir, what has God done for you lately? And he said to me, he brought you here. And then he turned and returned the question. He said, what have he done for you? I said, I guess he brought me here. And so he placed me right away on the camera to start working and show me what to do and so on. But being educated, knowing what to do, I would tell him, let me get this shot. Let me get you a three-quarter shot. I will bend to the right and then I'll zoom in and stuff. And he would say, can you just do what I asked you? Yes, I can do that, but let me show you what I can do. And he would say, just get off. What do you mean? Just get off. I didn't ask you to do all that stuff. I told you to follow my instructions. I'm like, are you going to tell me you don't want me here? He said, pretty much. And I'm like, why didn't I think about that first? I don't need to be here. I would start walking to the door. And on my way to the door, the Holy Spirit would ask, did he bring you here? And I would say, nope. Did you come because you wanted to? And I would say, nope. And he would say, so are you leaving? Oh, but God already told him I'm okay leaving. It's not going to look good going back. <laughs> so, so here I'm like, oh, I want to know what you, why you brought me here. So this is going to look bad. I'm going to have to apologize and that's not good. But I will walk 
back in the room and the person would just say, uh, my boss would just say, um, why are you back? I just told you you can leave. So just the way he said, I'm like, well, yes, you told me to leave. I want to apologize. I was out of order. He's like, thank you for apologizing, but I don't need you. You don't have to come back. And I was like, well, I keep showing up until you change your mind. And I did that for a week until God didn't provide him with no one else. And he had to put me on that camera. Eventually, they changed me from my bright clothes because, of course, I was wearing, wearing lime green and squirts. They're like, you can't be on a camera with squirts and lime green shirts. I'm, like, I'm from the islands. What do you expect? They changed me to all black. And I'm like, oh, no, you don't want me to be seen? And then I started dancing behind the camera. So they asked me to stop dancing. Then I was worshiping behind the camera. They asked me, and I'm not allowed to be heard. And then they start telling me, just be quiet, don't move, and follow the instructions that's being given to you through the headphones. Mm. Well, that was hard, very hard. My mm. flesh was having a hard time fighting it, but eventually God started showing me in life. I want you to go through life understanding that first, you need to always be able to hear me and hear me first. The headphones were like knowing that I'm speaking to you and to you directly. I had a camera in front of me would give me view of all kinds of things I wanted to zoom in. But he started showing me. But in the back, my boss was sitting in front of about 10 screens. So if he tells me don't zoom into that person, maybe they had crumbs on their face. Something I couldn't see until I zoomed on my own and got everybody in trouble because now it was on the screen. So that God had a bigger picture of everything. So what it made sense of me, for me or to me, whatever decision the other person was making wasn't as important as the fact of just obeying and just do it that eventually when you go back and you look at the video, it would all make sense to you because there's a view that he has that we don't have. Oh, it was painful knowing that they don't need you, knowing they don't want you to speak, knowing none of this. And it's like, you don't want me to be me. And he was like, being you is everything I love about you. It's who they told you you were that I need to change. And so every day, all the time, our culture, our tradition, people, um, our families tell us, this is who we are. This is what we can. This is what we can do. But there's a person God created us to. There's a fulfillment of everything we are to be and you know and especially if you're a mother um, and you have children you start living for them you start living uh, through them and you forget your own things that you love your hobbies and things like that but mainly you forget that God has created you with a specific purpose he's entrusted you with other people in your life including your husbands that would love and care for you cover you but there's a place that he called you to that at some point you need to go back and align with because there's no one else that can do it as you. You can forfeit it. You can say, I don't want it and let him pass it on to someone else. But if you just say yes and agree with him, the other parts are the most beautiful parts. One time um, during ministry school to just bring it all together. I asked God, why was Jesus in the garden crying out to him if he could have done it himself because he was God? He was saying, you know, um, 
God, take this cup away from me. And then the humble part came, the surrendering part. But not my will, your speed on. I know what I'm capable of. I know what you're capable of. Can we just skip this part? And so I said to him, explain to me more. Can you help me understand this part? And he said to me, my son didn't die at the cross. He died in the garden. Mm. The moment you die of your own will and you pick up my will, everything else is just walking it out. Wow. But the dying don't happen at the moment that he was crucified. That was him walking out what was already purpose. The dying needed to happen in the garden when he gave up his will for the will of the one who created him to fulfill everything he was created to be. So right behind that camera, I got to a point where I needed to start surrendering a lot of my will. Here's a person that I don't know that I didn't think was making the right decision that needed to re redirect me and how I needed to see things, how I needed to do things. And submission is something that seems like a weakness, but it's a strength. It's just like meekness is power under control. It's knowing everything that you can do. It's knowing the ability that Jesus had that he could call on angels. He can change everything with a blink of an eye, of a snap of his finger. But being able to just let it go and surrender to the plan that's in front of you. Eventually, when you do, everything about you will flourish. God always have masses in mind. I mean, Jesus dying give us now the chance for us to live. You know, there's always multiplication in it all. We could look at Abraham. There was multiplication in him saying yes. And when you see Joseph having to go down, there was multiplication in his, in his yes. When we uh, we um, look at um, uh I'm, I'm thinking of Noah, but I'm not trying to think about Noah. I'm trying to take of the one that went in the, in Moses, Moses, Moses. Thank you, Moses. Thank you for reminding me of your name or Holy Spirit. Thank you. But Moses <laughs> also went to the wilderness and there was a dying that needed to happen. But at the end of the day, when you align yourself back with God, when you pick up his will, it's not just for you. It's because he has multiplication in mind and more, more, more will come to God just because of your yes, your surrendering, your strength enough to relinquish your own power to pick up his. Everybody wants power. Everybody wants love, but there's power in his love. And in the power of his love, there's always fruits. And you'll be anything you want to be. Because you're completely aligned with everything he created you to be. That's it. Girl, you are an amazing storyteller. <laughs> it is so good. Like, my gosh, you you just had me at like your story when you were sharing, then just relating to how we have to submit, how we have to surrender submitting your right has this bad um vibe with people because they think like oh i i'm you know uh, relinquishing control but you are if you want the strength that only god can give you but and i love how you said that everybody wants power but everybody wants love too man girl you gotta mm -hmm. preach more <laughs> I don't know about all that. Like, let's, let's tell the stories like my savior did. That would be a good one. 
<laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's how he did it, right? He just told stories. And that's what you just shared was your story. And it was amazing. And I just loved it. It's just so good. It's so powerful. Do you have, mm-hmm. Gia, um, man, I mean, you brought some great Bible heroes so that we can think and marinate on those. Do you have some scripture verse that can really um, – inspire us today, you know, because you got, you gave us a lot to chew on, you know, especially with the word submit. I mean, I'm just going to tell you right now, when my husband and I got married, uh, (laughs) we got married (laughs) at a church out in Virginia beach. We had to, you know, we just rented a church, uh, because the church that we, uh, attended would go into the school. Right. So we would always have to break down. So we didn't have an actual brick and mortar church. So, when Sean and I got married, we rented a church and the pastor there told my husband and his dad, who actually married us, you cannot use the word submit. <laughs> and my husband, my husband's dad, my father-in-law, I love him. He passed away several years ago. Great man of God. He said, hmm, it's in the Bible. I'm going to say it. And do you know, he said it and I love it because people don't like that word submit true, and you're true. right it's oh my gosh we have to die to ourselves. Um, <laughs> and I love how you said he Jesus died in that garden he submitted in that garden and then he walked it out that's just so beautiful um do you have a scripture verse that can just inspire us today absolutely and that I would have to go to the one that he had me hold on to Anytime I didn't feel like submitting to anything or anyone. <laughs> and I was like, why are you doing this to me? It's easier to submit to you. But this person right here, you should just take them in like you did Enoch. You know? Yeah. <laughs> then again, that was my conversation with him. I have to go with Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, which is to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And to lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he shall, he will, and he always, always will direct your path. I think there's other verses that says, you know, you hear a voice behind you say, this is the path, walk in it. He says he wants us to be in step with the Holy Spirit. I need to tell you, Anna, um, dying or not dying, why it needs to be a purposeful and conscious decision. It's not something we can do a part of the Holy Spirit. So it's very important for you to have the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because in the times that you can do something, he will pick you up and give you the strength to say the very thing Jesus himself said, but not my will, let yours be done. Mm. Girl, you have blessed my socks off this morning. You got socks on right now? (laughs) <laughs> no, I was not figuring. Are you a fly in my room? My my toes are freezing right now, but I don't have socks. I need socks. <laughs> it's so fun having you uh, on here, just having a conversation. Man, you bring so much joy and laughter. That's what I love. I love. Um, I love my time with you always, Anna. You're an amazing woman of God. 
Oh, that. And I think yeah. anybody that is listening to Dare to Believe is just being blessed by your obedience to God, your yes. This is one of your yeses. And I think it's not easy for people to pick up and do something God called them to do. But in obedience, when you give him your yes, he will make sure it's ripple effect. And I'm thankful for the multiplication that's coming out of it. And all of the people that's being served and blessed by the word of God just because of your yes. So thank you for putting your strength back at his feet and allowing him to pick you up and run side by side with him. Mm. And he will continue directing your path. So thank you so much for inviting me today. I've been very blessed to spend time with you. Girl, first of all, I love all that. And I also love the way you said a ripple effect. <laughs> and run <laughs> with <him>. ripples. <laughs> <laughs> Women, we are going to have a ripple effect and we are all going to run with God. I love you, Gia. You're I love amazing. you, Joanna. Oh, I'm going to listen to this one over and over just because of the laughter and the joy, <laughs> contagious joy and laughter. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you for joining Daring to Believe. I'm your host, Anna Aiken, and I hope and pray you had such an amazing time listening today as much as I did listening to Gia. Have a great day.